919 here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Um, Chris Beam is the managing director of the McCourtney Institute for Democracy at Penn State University and has been writing about a number of things that caught my attention. Uh, and they certainly are coming to the forefront, I think, in light of the uh, the debacle we had on Capitol Hill, the chaos in the well last week, the near blows people were coming to. Uh, the 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 power and influence that some of these renegades seem to have been able to to muster, even though their numbers are small, they seem to be pretty pretty powerful. Um, and I invited Chris to come on to talk to us today about where we are. I get, you know maybe where democracy is um, after we look at some of the stuff that's happening. Thank you for joining us this morning. I appreciate you coming in. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Uh, yeah, it's, so uh, it's you, quite a quite a week, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I I didn't know whether I was hoping there would be a fist fight or not a fist fight. You know, just as a spectator, I thought, well, that would be kind of interesting. But gee, many Christmas is this what our democracy has devolved to? Well, you know, there was the claim on the part of um, a lot of Republicans as they went through, you know, vote after vote after vote that this is. Um, you know, this was democracy in action, I think, is the way they, they framed it. And, I mean, I guess you could make that claim, but, you know, um, democracy democracy requires uh, coalitions, and it requires um, uh, organization, right? I mean, it is about um, organizing uh, groups of people with, with, you know, similar, if not exactly the same points of view and objectives to... To work together, and that is not what you saw. So, I mean, just in terms of um, you know the the basic nuts and bolts of of you know using the mechanisms of power to achieve uh, your objectives, then no, this was not this is not democracy, or what certainly wasn't the you know the the best example or demonstration of democracy. You know, you did have. Um, they did finally get there, which shows that that the the way I just kind of described it is ultimately what's required. But um, you know, then there's a whole series of questions of whether or not that was a uh, that was worth it, <laughs> or whether well, it's going that's, to that's you know, certainly worth it in the wrong wrong in the long term. Yeah, exactly. It was perhaps the best example or worst example, maybe I can think of in a long time of the the little tail wagging the big dog i mean you had at best 20 and then by the time it got down there really a handful five six people mm -hmm. that were just mm -hmm. absolutely adamant to not want kevin mccarthy and yet they basically took control of of the whole process well some of that is you know look what was it? you know you have a four seat majority right you're you, you know that yeah. inevitably um empowers the minority right just as it did in the senate with mansion and cinema right i mean um these these people did not have they had an inordinate amount of power in terms of you know influencing and and and, and um directing uh legislation and and of course that was true that's true of the the never um the never kevin's as well that kind of stuff is is inevitable but you you do you certainly within your 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 caucus and 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 hopefully to some degree within the congress as as a whole that pe people are going to operate in good faith and they're not going to 
lie, right? And if that's happening, then you know, I I don't you know I don't know how you you govern with with four with a four vote majority. Well, maybe that's my next question: is what what happens next? All right, McCarthy finally eked out this this very narrow win. He is the Speaker of the House. He apparently, at least verbally, if not officially on paper, he gave up a lot to get to there. What happens now? I mean, is it is it a house that can work? Is it a house that can somehow pull itself together and and act in some kind of a reasonable manner, or is this kind of chaos going to be what we're going to see? Well, you know, I mean, I nobody knows, right? But and and certainly the the um, there's not a Republican who doesn't kind of hope that that things settle down and moves more you know, more normally. And, you know, and there are some people, I think, like Chip Roy of Texas was operating in good faith and really did, you know, want to see changes in how things proceed. But, you know, I, I would say two things. First, you know, as, as I'm sure your listeners know, this was the easy part, right? This was supposed to be the easy vote. And and there are going to be votes. There inevitably always are votes that are going to be far more difficult, far more contentious. And when those come, the idea that this is going to um, somehow be different from what we saw with this uh, with this vote for speaker, I, I just I don't think that's plausible. Now you know who knows something can change, but I just don't see that as plausible. The other thing that I think is important to note is that we are in a different world with regards to politics and congressional power. And whereas it used to be that somebody like Marjorie Taylor Greene, who has no committee assignments, would have been relegated to the back of the back bench because she had no power, now she has, um, she and a number of other people, Matt Gates was fundraising during these votings, right? There are alternative ways to achieving power and money and influence that have nothing to do what goes on with what goes on on the um, the floor of the House of Representatives. It happens in um, Fox News. It happens on social media. It happens in in fundraising emails. And so it is not only easy. There is an established pattern for people to end run the established process. And so now that that's in place, I, I don't you know I don't know how any Speaker of the House is able to um, to uh, control the, the the process to the degree that they used to say 10 15 years ago it seems to me it goes a little deeper than that you have people like Marjorie Taylor Green and others of her uh, around her don't really seem to have any interest at all in governing they they right. want to they, they want to make statements they want to get on Fox News they I'm looking at her, her Marjorie Taylor Greene's Twitter this morning of her basically saying I'm taking over now I mean yeah. they're, they're not really interested in governing they're not they're not caring about policy they just care about getting their face on TV no I mean you know and that is not a new phenomenon right I mean the 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 2020 Republican platform didn't exist. <laughs> There was no platform, right? It, it was simply like whatever Donald Trump says, we're for, and and so, you know, I I, I don't know what to expect from that group except just 
more bombs whenever it's in their interest to throw bombs, right? Whenever they perceive it to be in their, you know, as a means of aggrandizing their power and uh, using um, using their standing in these alternative ways of getting their 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 self out there. Um, I don't I don't see how that doesn't happen. I mean, you know, like I say, nobody knows, but I, I, I explain. I would love to hear an account for how that is going is is uh, going to run smoothly. I just don't. I just can't. I, I, it's not that I don't believe it. I can't conceive of what it would be. All right, but what do we, the average citizen, maybe average is not a good word to use, but there are an awful lot of people like me, I suspect like you, a lot of folks listening to the audience who who want to see a, a whether you come from the right or come from the left, just regardless of what policy you want to see, who want to see some things done, and and yet you look at the last midterm election where there was it was a confusing vote, I think. Uh, you look at, at what's happening right now or happened last week on... Uh, in the house um I, I i i don't know and we and we look at the tribalism that's around all the time the the perpetual divide um i don't know how do we how do we as citizens defend our democracy that's really funny all right so i'm i'm i i'm hoping well, i'm glad i could entertain you, know, you. i want the, <laughs> your your uh, your listeners to know that at least in my mind this is not a setup but but I wrote a book about this, <laughs> and, 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 and I, I think the reason I wrote that book is because I think that is a completely fair question. And for people who are approaching this world, our society right now, and who don't like it, but they don't have you know, thousands of dollars to donate to political action, and they don't, they're not going on CNN or on talk shows or whatever, um, what do they do? And, and, I, and I, my argument is that start with your own behavior and um, commit yourself to uh, um, a set of democratic virtues where you stand up for honesty, integrity, courage, and, and a little faith in our democracy. There's actually seven of them. But, but, if you, but I feel like this is not merely a political problem. This is a cultural problem. Mm. And we and culture is not driven by politicians. Culture is driven by all of us. And, you know, I can give you examples. Drunk driving changed in this country because people said enough. And it is, it is, it is possible. It's not easy or even likely necessary, but it's possible for all of us to just decide enough. We need to commit ourselves to this democratic experiment in a way that we're not doing it now. And that means going beyond just looking at, you know, bringing the popcorn and watching everything blow up. It means just saying, all right, I'm going to conduct myself with, with um, uh, you know, a set of virtues that, um, that is going to, if nothing else, um, demonstrate my commitment to this democratic experiment. And yet, and I, I get excited when I hear you or others say things like that because I agree. Boy, let's take the, you know take democracy back or whatever phrase you want to use. And yet, I look at the tribalism, I look at the gerrymandering that goes on, and I ask myself, I mean, what power do we really have? I don't. You pointed out I don't have enough money to overcome what the super PACs put into somebody's campaign. I just, 
yeah, I can vote. Yes, I can maybe call talk shows. I have a little more influence. I get to talk to elected officials, yes, yes. enough in my opinion. But, but um, I feel kind of lost. I mean, this is an, as an average citizen, I feel kind of lost. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it, and I and I share it. Right? I mean, you know, there are times when I, you know, um, get either you know so furious that I I just um, you know. Uh, <laughs> say things that I wouldn't normally say, or else I just despair. But um, those aren't those aren't productive alternatives, right? Those don't get you anywhere. And and the one th- this is one thing you can do. It, this is one thing that you can commit to that um, that can actually have an impact. And while you're correct, you're absolutely correct that it's little, and it doesn't. You know, it may not seem like much. The fact is, politicians are not courageous. They follow. They do not lead. They, they look, they, they put their finger in the wind. They smell what's going on. They look at poll numbers. And if they understood that there was a change in terms of how people um, uh, understood and uh, reacted to their behavior, that would change it. And so, you know, I mean, there are ways to do this. And, you know, you want to know more about it, you know, you can look at my book or, you know, read other little things I've written. But I do feel like, yeah, it's, it's an arduous, time-consuming, and, um, and not at all um, slam-dunk sort of uh, uh, choice that we have before us. But it is the best choice we have before us. That we, have to, we, have, we didn't get here overnight. We're not going to get out of it overnight, but if we just acknowledge that all of us are in a democracy, we have a little sliver of sovereignty. It is our responsibility to to um, to change where we are and how and and where we're going. A, a lot of the pundits, myself included, uh, have said that there was some hopeful message in the midterms. Um, it was supposed to be a runaway red wave across the country, and it wasn't. Yeah. Uh, in fact, Democrats picked up in the Senate, and the number of, of House, the Republicans in the House are much smaller than had been expected. Uh, it did seem to me um, that many of the the far radical election denier type folks uh, had lost their elections. So uh, maybe there is a turn. I mean, maybe maybe deep down inside the American public's going, ah, you know, I'm not I'm not willing to go down that road any further. No, I mean that's the the op-ed that you saw on CNN. I I pitched that to them, saying this is the scariest thing that there are election deniers running in hundreds of offices, and either they're going to win and they're going to undermine election elections and how they're organized and and and, and what kind of trust people have in them, or they're going to lose and they're going to deny the election. They're going to say it was false that they that they really won, but they didn't. Um, they didn't that it was stolen from them. Neither of those things happened. So I literally had to, like, rewrite that up in, like, three or four <laughs> times. But I do agree with you. I, I, I don't know that it is – well, the minimum that you can say is that it could have been so much worse. And, I, you know, and, and, you know, if you can't sustain a free and fair election and you can't sustain people's trust, that the election was free and fair, then you don't, you can't sustain a democracy. And we, that was on the ballot in 2022. 
and yeah. it lost. It was defeated. And the only person, I mean, except for, you know, where you have Carrie Lake in Arizona, who was, you know, out there in terms of, and still is for that matter, saying the election was stolen for her. Well, you know, no one is, is, is giving her a lot of, um, uh, a lot of credence, right? I mean, yeah. she is not, ha- she does not have the standing, and she's starting to look more and more ridiculous the longer this, this goes on. So I do feel like, in that minimum way, at least, uh, you know, we might have seen the fever begin to break. And, you know, I, I mean, that may be just mere hope on my part, but, but I think it's, it's not a, a crazy reading of what we saw. I think a lot of this, not all of it, but a lot of this ties back to the spell that Donald Trump had an awful lot of people under when he was in office and shortly thereafter. It seems to me, um, and maybe you watch this closer than I do, it seems as if the spell of Donald Trump is being broken. It certainly does seem that way. I mean, I actually kind of expected it. I mean, A, I expected it to happen a long time ago. And B, I expected it to, once you, once you saw it breaking, it would break a lot faster. That does not seem to be happening. But certainly, you know, uh, you know when, you, when you have Lauren Boebert saying, yeah, well, he called me, but me, I didn't pay any attention. <laughs> <All right. laughs> you know, during, during these votes, you know, I mean, that, that strikes me as, as, a, uh, as a moment, right? And, you know, but you did also see Kevin McCarthy saying, yeah, thanks to, you know, thanks to Donald Trump for, for making this happen. And, you know, we really owe a lot to him, and he's still the leader of the party. So I don't think, you know, it's over, but it's certainly, it's far more difficult for him to, um, you know, influence uh, politics in America from Mar-a-Lago than it is from 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Well, you saw that uh, picture that was taken on Saturday night, and I forget who, and I should know, I forget who the the uh, congressman was, but uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene is holding out the phone with Donald Trump on it. Yeah. Uh, supposedly to, for this con here, the, the Donald wants to talk to you. He's going to convince you, and the guy waves it away. I don't want to talk to him. I don't want to talk to him. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. That, that, well, that, yeah, that, to, that was, that was very that symbolic was a, to me. That was a freshman from Montana, which is even more amazing because, right, this guy has <laughs> – this guy is brand new, and he's saying no, no, no. I mean, you know, who who knows what what those conversations were, you know, um, it, it, on that house floor and elsewhere, and what was being conveyed, and what promises were being made, and what promises were being broken, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But it was uh, it was one for the books. I mean, I'm like, who watches C-SPAN? On, on a Friday night at ten o'clock, and it and it finds it riveting. That that simply it, does not listen, happen. It was the best show around. My wife and I usually on Friday nights watch Blue Bloods on CBS, right? Yeah. And yeah. I said, "Oh, there's a new Blue Bloods on tonight. Let's let's watch it." And we watched like two minutes, and I kept saying, "I got to go back to CNN. I got to go back to yeah. CNN." Finally, yeah, I said, yeah. "I'll forget Blue Bloods. I got to watch this." It was the best thing on television. I that don't was mean amazing. that. It was it was it was uh, something fascinating. Uh, what, the, your book it is what what is your new uh, book it's called? called? It's called the Seven Democratic Virtues: How you can how, what you can do to uh, restore American democracy. All right. Well, we should take a look at that because I think we all need to figure out how can we how can we do it. I see. I'm you know I, part of me for a long time was just uh, I was moping around. I feel. Like there are glimmers of hope here. I feel like uh, there are there is enough movement going on to maybe things can change. Maybe 
we're reaching a point where the truth once again matters as opposed to truth being in in hiding uh maybe science matters you know maybe these things actually make a difference so i sincerely hope so but hey listen i appreciate your time this morning sorry i kept you longer than i planned to but good conversation and we may if it's okay with you i may reach out and we may do this again sometime that sounds fine yeah sure i enjoyed the conversation appreciate it thank you very much have a good day okay uh you too all right uh Chris Bean is the managing director of the McCourtney Institute for Democracy at Penn State University. He's written a number of articles and books. I came across a, a piece he had written, which caught my attention. And then, uh, as he pointed out, he has a new book out called The Seven, uh, Seven Virtues of Democracy, I think it's called. So uh, check that stuff out. His point, though, is democracy requires work. We can't just sit around and watch it. We've got to somehow get more actively involved. 9.40, 20 till the hour. Let's check some Ohio Valley headlines from our friends at Metro News. and A little bit of sports, a couple of other odds and ends. And before you know it, we'll be in with Bob Westfall and wrapping things up and turning it over to Hoppy at 10.06.